This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And welcome back, everybody, into another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined here by my colleague Jason Caldwell. I believe this is our first episode of the new year, so good to get back with everybody. Uh, it's been a little bit busy over the past couple weeks, so we apologize for uh, rolling this one out a little bit late, but we certainly have plenty to talk about. Um, because Jason, the end of Auburn's 2023 season in the Music City Bowl feels like approximately two months ago because there's been a ton uh, going on since then. Coaching changes, personnel changes on the roster, um, transfer news, you know, whether they're going to go after a transfer quarterback, all that stuff. It has been, and I, and I think this is what we're going to deal with in the transfer portal now. This month, we're, we're, we're used to January being a big month for coaching changes. But now not only do you have guys going in the portal at a higher rate than ever before, but as we're going to talk about later, you also have to re-recruit your guys to yeah. not leave the portal. And it becomes an announcement now every time someone just doesn't leave your team and just decides to stay at the same school. So uh, it's crazy. It's been, a, it's been a crazy past couple weeks, but I have a feeling this is what we're going to deal with pretty much every year from here on out. Yeah, it, it is, um, and it's why I'm, you hear coaches. We've, we've heard Hugh Freeze talk about it. We've heard other coaches talk about it. The the impossibility of the job right now because of the time and the compressed schedule and everything that's going on all at once. Because you mentioned, if it's just early signing period, that's enough. If it's just early signing period now, you're talking about signing almost all your class. So that's that's going to be a busy time no matter what. But add in transfers and you go okay that's that's good you go out and see if you can find a couple of guys for your own roster well in the year one and some of two of the transfer world that's the way it was but now it has become okay everybody's fair game so if you're not prepared to be planning and to be in the transfer portal somebody's going to contact you and go hey why don't you come in the transfer portal so you're having to write you're having to recruit a large portion of your own roster to make sure they're good and then go try to find some help while still recruiting high school guys because you still have February coming up the signing period and you try to get everything it's it's a it's an unbelievably difficult situation that you deal with and when you do that now for Hugh Freeze and Auburn coming off of year one where you still have so many holes to fill it's different if you're like, I need one or two spots. He said it perfectly um, when we spoke to him um, on signing day. The problem with is that you don't know what you're going to need until you need it. You can plan for it. And, and, and the perfect example is somebody was, was talking about the other day about Todd Pettiford in basketball terms going, 
what are you going to do next year when you have all three of those, potentially all three of those guys together? The guys, like, who knows what the roster looks like? We have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, you may have all three of them. You may have one of them. You, you just don't know. And, and that's the problem now is there's no planning. There's no way to go, hey, here's what our roster is going to look like. We're sitting here today, January 9th, and we still don't know what Auburn's roster is going to look like. The school starts tomorrow. Now, we've got a pretty good idea. But we don't know what the roster is, and school starts tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it, the Auburn basketball this time last year, I'm sure thought, well, you know, Chance Westry will be really good for that 2-3 spot. And, shoot, you might not even need, need Jalen Williams to come back because Yohan Treor is a five-star so in his second year. that You know, it's like it. you never know how things are going to change. And I think, to your point, and we'll get to the Keontae Scott news, um, but that was, I think, a good example of that. A couple weeks ago, I don't think many people would have foreseen that being something that even came up for Auburn. But if he had ended up staying in the transfer portal and leaving, then you all of a sudden would have had this really big need for some for some veteran defensive backs. Now, you may still have that because he's the only returning starter in the secondary. Um, but yeah, things, things change so quickly, like you said. I kind of want to go in reverse here, Jason. Um, we'll start with some of the coaching stuff um, from the past couple days work our way back in the coaching side of things and then talk about transfers. Um, the most recent being, and I guess over the course of three days, they both happened um, for the fifth straight season, two new coordinators f- for Auburn. And this is something that I think the general public, general Auburn fans would probably be a little more, well, a lot more surprised that, that they, that Ron Roberts will not be on this staff next season. He is taking an assistant coach job at Florida, Phil Montgomery on Friday. That was a straight, straight firing announced by Hugh Freeze. Um, we've it's been quite some time that we've seen that writing on the wall. Jason, I think the best way to put it is I don't know as of a couple weeks ago, I don't know if the expectation was super high at Auburn that these two guys were going to be on staff next year. It just depended on what that looked like. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Ron Roberts. First, he moves to take an assistant job at Florida. That DC job is now open. Ron Roberts, I he did a good job. He, he did a good job on the field, and I think that's why people maybe are a little bit surprised um, at, at this move. But at the end of the day, like I said, I think this was going to be a situation where he, one way or another, he was not going to be on um, this staff next season for, for, for one reason or another. Yeah, I, I think the first thing that people have to realize, and it, it, and I have to continue to to make sure I remind myself of it as well, is that we're not in 1988 anymore where you had staffs that stayed together for 10 or 12 years and you had all these guys that were part of it and they, it doesn't happen that way anymore uh you know alabama has has been the model of consistency on the field under nick saban and they have changed coaches all over the place every year it just i think i went back and looked they have five offense coordinators in the last seven years in alabama um to expect guys just to hang around for a long time. It just doesn't work that way. Now, some of your your position coaches might stay and do some of that stuff. But even then, it's a lot. It's so it's just, I've just come to expect it. Going to look, you know, people say, hey, do you expect changes? Yeah, probably, because that's the way of the world now. Um, guys move all over the place. There's so many coaching changes of the head coach variety that it, then it goes, okay, when you replace those coaches, then coordinators change and they want their guys. And so – so it's just a lot of movement. And so, um, yeah, but you're right. I, I defensively probably a little bit more surprised 
than offensively because we saw the offensive issues all along. Defensively, they played pretty solid considering the lack of kind of explosive talent up front. I thought I thought they they were were pretty solid this season, but again, uh, nothing surprised me anymore when you talk about movement, whether it's roster, coaches, whatever it is. Uh, People just have to get used to the fact that things are going to change all the time, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about potential potential candidates now, starting with the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think one place where you and I were talking where you kind of have to start here is the guy who's already on staff, um, and it hasn't been officially announced by Auburn, um, but we reported the day of the Music City Bowl that, that Charles Kelly um, was being hired. That's the first time we're talking about this on here, Jason. That is, from a recruiting standpoint, it's hard. It's hard to get much better um, than a guy like Charles Kelly. I, the 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 list of NFL talent that he has recruited, mainly at Alabama and Florida State, um, during his tenure, he was the twenty four seven Sports Recruiter of the Year last year at Alabama when they brought in like five five stars, and he he contributed you know as a recruiter to four of them. Um, and now he comes home. Now he comes home to Auburn. Of course, he's an Auburn alum. He had been here previously. The thing about Charles Kelly is, as a defensive coordinator candidate, people are going to look at Colorado last year, and they're going to look at Colorado's numbers. But you're, there was a lot of good coaches on that Colorado staff, and you're not going to do any services for yourself looking at the numbers from that team because they were in such um, a bad position. And so I think particularly as we talk about this defensive coordinator job, it's 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 interesting and to compare to the offensive coordinator job in that there could be opportunities here, Jason, for co-DC labels for certain guys. Which guy is going to be the play caller on defense? I think really Auburn fans kind of staying patient here, taking a step back and seeing more how these 10 slots are going to be filled at the end of the day on this assistant staff and then seeing after that who's going to be the defensive play caller. Who's going to be the offensive play caller? Because I think you've got you've got a lot of opportunities here for some mixing and matching. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, like I said, Charles Kelly, he's he's going to be a I think at a minimum a co defensive coordinator. Now he might not be the play caller, but but I think he's going to be involved in that. A guy that I've gotten to know really well over the years from his recruiting stops. Um, you know, a guy that there was a walk on at Auburn uh, under under Coach Dye and, and was here, and so he's very familiar with Auburn. But he's but he hasn't. You know, he's been at Florida State. He's been at Alabama. Um, obviously, Colorado last season been really successful. But a guy that knows the state of Alabama inside and out, um, and and so I think that's a, that's a I think it's a really good hire for Auburn. Um, Josh Aldridge has been a play caller, was a defense coordinator at Liberty. So you have a guy on staff that has done some of those things as well. And then you start looking at okay, where are the spots that 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 you know potentially you could could add and and go well. Depends on if you lose anybody else, and that's kind of where it goes from there. And so, um, you know, so that's where it, it all kind of boils down to is okay, what is the what's the staff look like a week from now, and is there a potential for somebody else on the staff? And so, I think that's it. Charles Kelly hasn't been announced. That's the one that would announce. And if so, then you start going, okay, um, is there any other spots that need to fill? Do you need another spot on defense? Take one away from offense. That's the thing you don't know, too, um, kind of depending on what happens on the offensive side of the ball, where your numbers shake out from your assistant coaches, where those things come from. So still a lot to be determined uh, right now as you move forward. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, th- I 
from a recruiting perspective, look, it, I, I think it'd be fair to say that Ron Roberts did a really good job on the field this year, like you said, especially relative to what they had. I mean, we talked about it during the season. They were putting guys, you know, Asante, Kaufman, you know, Keontae Scott, you know, Jalen Simpson. We felt like those guys were in a good position to succeed because of the Marcus Harris, sure. because of the system they were playing in. And so, you know, there's there's some shoes to fill um, there. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, does Hugh Freeze designate, you know, we mentioned Zach Arnett in our story um, yesterday of guys watching. He's got a super sharp SEC defensive mind who's looking for a job right now. That would be just a, hey, you're the you know defensive play caller, you know, Charles Kelly in a co-DC position. But like you said, we we would expect or maybe not be surprised if there are even more, you know, maybe, you know, one staff change or, or maybe a couple um, for this team moving forward. And so you just never know. You never know what it's going to look like and how, how those positions need to be filled. And on the offensive side of things, you know, we, we mentioned Phil Montgomery. No surprise there. That was a marriage that really didn't mesh with you, Freeze. And I don't know if you caught on to this, Jason. I go back to this. I went back to this yesterday. I asked Hugh Freeze about his staff at the Music City Bowl the day before the game. Kind of went through and talked a little bit about, you know, how important a staff is, how important staff continuity mm-hmm. is, which obviously they're, they're not really going to have now. Um, but then the last thing he said in this quote, Jason, he said, I don't know that I've ever, quote, I don't know I ever feel like I took over a program and got every single hire in the whole building right the first time. Yeah. Because you're just so crazy with recruiting. So I think there's always the evaluation from our chair of can we improve ourselves in some way? And I remember hearing that at the time, and I was like, "It's it's not a super ringing endorsement. It's not it's not not a no. huge endorsement for this staff right now." And then, obviously, a couple of weeks later, some some changes started to come down the line. Yeah, I agree. I, I do remember that and thinking about it, going, "Okay, that's that's our first true sign that probably some changes will be coming." Um, but I think he's I think he's right. I think we've seen that at other places. Uh, you know. Um, whether it's Nick Saban, you know, had two new coordinators after year one at Alabama or, or whatever it is, we've seen other places do that. Um, and, and I remember Tommy Tover early on, I think it was year two, maybe year three, but even then it was such a different world, but changed both coordinators. Those guys have been here with them a long time. Um, and so I think you have to figure out, okay, what's our direction um, and what do we need? And I think we knew early on offensively, that the direction was going to be that he freeze is going to be much more involved in the offense. And now will we see that in terms of the offense coordinator hire, um, how it goes with, with that. I mean, obviously Kent Austin is a guy on staff that, that they know each other very well. They've been together a long time. He's a quarterback guy. Would that be a possibility to be an offensive coordinator and then have he freeze still be the play caller and be the actual, you know, maybe coordinator, but Ken Austin, the guy will be very involved no matter what. Um, or do you go outside and potentially bring in somebody else, leave Ken Austin in that role as, uh, you know, kind of quality control analyst kind of role, bring in somebody else to be the actual coordinator and obviously Hugh Free still be involved. That's what we have to see. We'll figure it out. Um, there's some ways to go about it when your head coach is going to be that guy, it gives you a little bit of freedom. Uh, and uh, I would I would guess that in this next few days, we'll start to see some things start to shake out a little bit. At least it feels that way. Yeah, Derek Nix is a guy that we've mentioned as well from Ole Miss. That's a, it's a Hugh Freeze guy. I mean, they, they've been they've been close for a long time. They were obviously Nix has been at Ole Miss forever. It's been there since 2008. He was on all five of his of uh, Freeze's staffs. 
at Ole Miss, Ken Austin, it feels like is going to be in the mix regardless of what his role or what his actual title is. Um, I mean, shoot, you guys talked to Walker White in, in San Antonio and he was talking about, you know, the, the decision to move on from Phil Montgomery. And he said, yeah, you know, but I'm excited to get working with, with, with coach Austin. And so that's somebody that has sort of been an expectation that if you're a quarterback at Auburn, you are going to be working with him in some way, shape or form. Now, is he going to be an on-field assistant as a QB coach? We'll see. We'll figure that out. We think him and Derek Nix are, are, are a couple candidates um, certainly to watch here. But like Jason said, it, it all depends on, you know, we expect Hugh Freeze to, to have a bigger hand in the offense this season, you know, have a, have a bigger role in terms of the play calling and sort of taking things on himself. So how does he want to delegate um, from here moving forward? Because that was something he said in the Music City Bowl. You know, he said, I don't think I did a very good job delegating. You know, he's talked about how difficult it's been, you know, to recruit and coach at the same time and get ready for offensive game plans. And I think a lot of that had to do with the Philip Montgomery situation, not working out how he wanted. I think he thought he would just push that off it almost not entirely, but he would push off a large percentage of his offense to Montgomery and he just sit back and try to get a top 10 class. Now they got a top 10 class, but they didn't, they didn't do a bunch offensively. Um, that'll lead us now, Jason, into talking a little bit about personnel um, the transfer portal outgoing for Auburn has not been super surprising. Um, it's been a while since Javarius Johnson entered the portal. That would mm-hmm. probably be their biggest one so far in terms of a loss until we reported a few days ago um, that Keontae Scott was was making the decision to enter the portal. Um, and then a few days later, he goes out on social media and says, hey, I'm coming back to Auburn. Um, so the lowdown from, from what we can report is that he actually did enter the portal, did go through that process. But the thing is you have 48 hours to do it. If you're an, if you're an institution, um, and within those 48 hours of it possibly being processed, the reason his name never popped up because he withdrew before then. Um, and so it's a situation where, look, like you said, like we, like we talked about at the beginning, you're going to have this sort of thing now with, with guy, especially with, with the NIL world. Now I'm not saying Keontae Scott was just chasing money, um, but you're, you're in a position where, Hey, there's changes going on around you. You got a new guy in Charles Kelly, you know, crime dog. Wes McGriff is going to Texas A&M. Um, obviously, he was in an off-the-field you know, role for Auburn, but he was obviously a big a big player there as a coach in that secondary. There's changes going on around you. You want to know you know, what's happening, and I think Keontae Scott was in that situation, wondering if because of a couple changes, you know, obviously they're going to have a new defensive coordinator, wondering if Auburn was going to be the best move for him as a senior or in his final college season. Ultimately, he makes the decision. Um, to come back to Auburn, decides not to enter the transfer portal. And that is just a huge sigh of relief, Jason. I mean, that you would be down all your secondary starters. Um, and now you've got a guy back there at that cornerback spot um, who's going to be the he's going to be the leader. He's going to be the leader of that secondary that's otherwise going to be a pretty inexperienced group next season. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think it's more uncertainty um, for, for a guy going into his last season than anything for Keontae Scott because – you know, I think he's like, hey, I, you know, I was basically I knew I was going to go out and and kind of, you know, kind of transform back into that outside corner that he did a little bit in the bowl game, and then all of a sudden you bring a, a new coach in, they may not, they may say, hey, I want to keep you where you were, and and so I think it's just that some of that, hey, I need reassurance that that everything is going to be good, and I think it, hey, a lot of times you just have to, hey, sit down and talk to the coaches, and I think that's what happened with. I was like, Keontae Scott, Tyler Scott was another guy that, that considered it as well. And just going, hey, we just want to make sure everything's okay. And I think once they got that reassurance, then I think they're fine. Uh, and that's, you're right, it's huge news. Uh, if nothing else, I mean, obviously, it's 
Keontae's a really good football player, but from a perception standpoint, it's it's massive to not lose a guy like that. Because um, then it starts people start to go oh, red flags. I don't I don't think in this day and age it it shows red flags, but from a perception standpoint, it feels like it. But again, like I said, it's it's such a different world. Uh, you know, because you look and go at everything about Ole Miss has screamed, well, they're the team to watch, and, and then they lose their best football player. Um, does that mean red flags? No, it just means that's the way of the world right now. And so, um, but but keeping Keontae was big uh, for a secondary group that has a lot of young talent. When you look at this group, you bring in now uh, Quan Robinson, junior college addition at safety, and then you have some pieces there with a Caleb Wooden at safety. Obviously, Donovan Kaufman now coming back, and you know JD Rim. You got some guys that have played football, then you got a lot of young in talent, and you got some guys coming in. So. Spring's going to be really fun to watch for a, I, what I think is a – I think it's a more talented group in the secondary. You just lose so much experience and, and a lot of guys to replace. When you when you add those guys in and then talk about Marcus Harris up front, um, that's a lot of that's a lot of snaps that you lose off that defense. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, they've been looking for defensive backs in the portal. Um, they had Toledo corner – R.J. Delancey, they had him on a visit last week. Um, he ends up committing to Wisconsin. It was a really big transfer week for them in terms of visitors. The window opened up, and then it closed again. Basically, this window only existed here from, from last Wednesday to Sunday. only existed for transfer guys because um, you got to get them on campus. you got to get them set up and then because, like you said, classes start Wednesday. Now, to our understanding, Auburn actually can add guys in the portal and still have them be good for spring practice up until the 17th. Not not what is tomorrow, I guess, not the 10th. The 10th yeah, um, because the 17th is the last day to drop classes. It's a week after school starts. So that was an interesting tidbit um, that we had heard last week. So don't be surprised if maybe they can continue to do so. Maybe they can continue to add transfers, even if you know there's Percy Lewis, the, the left tackle of Mississippi State. He's still on the clock for Auburn. If he goes and commits on Wednesday, he still could come to Auburn. Um, but they got a couple more guys out of that visit um, week, Jason, so far. I mean, they, they could still get more. Um, the first one was Rico Walker. He is an Auburn legacy, actually. Uh, Ricardo Walker was his uh, was his father who played at Auburn, played on the defensive line. Um, he's on that 1993 team. Uh, he's a second-year tight end from, from Maryland, a guy who was actually the number one recruit in Maryland's 2023 class. You and I were talking about it yesterday, Jason. This is, you know, when you look at it, Ben Agamawa actually hasn't signed a tight end um, in either of his last two classes for you know some reasons or another. Now you don't you don't need they didn't need a bunch of them. You got Rivaldo Fairweather, you have a bunch of bunch of veterans. This is more so I don't know how much he's gonna impact next year. He could, he could, but you still have a bunch of tight ends back. This is essentially a retroactive signee for, for Ben Agamau. This is a guy with a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism that you're just looking forward. And that was what he talked about after his visit. He said, Hey, you know, they showed me Rivaldo Fairweather's film. Um, I know that there's gonna be some seniors gone. He actually said, Jason, he said. I don't really mind if I don't play that much this season yeah. if it means that I will be well-positioned moving forward, and that's that's who this kind of player could be for them. Yeah, correct. I mean, the guy that has, uh, I believe, still has his redshirt year. I think we went back and found out he played in eight games last season. So you start talking about, you know, what's next? Well, Revolta to Fairweather, you, you would expect this to be – I think he would actually probably has two years left, but you would expect next year to be his last year. But Luke Deal, Brandon Frazier, you got three guys that would – be moving on after this season. Um, so you start going, okay, how do you get better? Obviously, Ryan Gee is a guy that that's already committed in 2025 class. You got Michael Riley Ducker, this this right there. And you go, 
how do you bridge the gap a little bit? This is a guy that helps you do that. And uh, he was actually a guy that was probably more known as a defensive player coming out of high school. He was a guy that was a pass rush edge kind of guy. And I think he feels like, hey, I, I, I feel like I'm better at tight end. And so he is kind of now has had one year to be a just a true tight end. And now you get to year two. Now it's a new offense, a new system. But I think he has the same qualities as Rivaldo. I watched him really strong hands. He's physical. He's you know, 245 pounds or so. So he's not small. He's not one of these wide receivers masquerading as a tight end. This guy has a has a has a bigger body. <clears throat> so I think it's a I think it's a really good addition when you start talking about not having to have him step in and be a starter day one and having a guy that understands that. I think it's I think it's a, a really good addition for Auburn to uh to bolster that room probably more for 25 and 26. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and shortly after him, um, another visitor, Trill Carter, by the way, excellent defensive line name um, from out of Texas. He played three years at Minnesota, um, and then now uh, he transferred to Texas last season, obviously playing on one of the best defensive lines in the country. Kind of think of when you think of his production, think of a guy like Jason Jones and how much he played now, not not production wise, not not player wise, whatever, just how much he ended up playing um, at Texas. Just a guy who rotated in a lot, six foot two. 300 pounds. Um, he's a guy who has a lot of power five starts under his belt. He actually started 33 games at uh, at Minnesota, has played 46 college games in his career. This was a very business-like uh, visit, <laughs> Jason, for him. It was sort of, he didn't take any other visits last week. I think he really wanted to come to Auburn. I think Auburn really wanted him. And we're seeing this now from, from Jeremy Garrett. Look, Isaiah Rakes, the, the Texas A&M transfer, is still on the clock possibly between Auburn and USC. Jeremy Garrett is looking at this thing saying, there's no Marcus Harris. I don't know if I have a surefire, bona fide difference maker in the middle like a Marcus Harris. So I'm just going to get three or four guys that could be. <laughs> and, and maybe one of them will pop. Maybe all of them will be good enough to kind of do it together. They've already got uh, Gage Keys from Kansas. So, so they get Troll Carter from Texas, sort of bigger interior player. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jeremy Garrett isn't done in the transfer portal. Yeah, no, I, I think – you can see a plan and I think the plan right now is we're going to have a bunch of those guys and we're going to play a bunch of them. And I think that's, I think it's the right move. If you don't have Nick Fairley, you know, or if, you know, you look at Texas, Texas had a bunch of those guys and, and he still played a bunch, then play as many as you have, rotate them. Hey, some of these young guys are going to get in there and get into the mix right away. Malik Blockton, uh, TJ Lindsay, those guys are going to play. We saw, um, you know, DJ Reed get a little action in a bowl game. Bobby Jameson Travis is, I thought, really good in his his play in the bowl game, his first extended play that he got. So you start looking at those pieces. You get uh, a Zykevis Walker coming back. Um, Justin Rogers, we're, we're hearing, hey, maybe leaning towards coming back at the moment. Nothing done yet. Obviously, those things can change. But you look at, at the totality of the group and you go, there may not be one guy, but we've got a bunch of guys we feel like can impact the game. And you start playing and rotating and staying fresh and having depth, and that and that's 
that's a step up from where you were last year. And so I think you lose probably the best player you have, but you may gain more players that can help you. Um, and that's that's a you know that's a better spot to be in. But you're right. Maybe you hit. Maybe strike gold. Maybe it's one of the young guys. Maybe it's a, a Bobby James and Travis. But maybe it's Justin Rogers comes back and and plays at three fifteen or three twenty, and all of a sudden becomes that guy that you thought he was. There's lots of options for this defensive line for sure. Yeah, maybe Amaris Williams is is just that dude right off the bat. I mean, it's tough to do from a defensive line spot, but he's certainly got the talent um, to do it. And we've heard people raving about. I wonder if a guy like T.J. Lindsey might might be the might be the Connor Lou of yeah. of the defensive line this season. Um, cause I know he was, he was Christians, you know, the superlative, he was the most underrated, he said in this class. And that's something we've sort of heard even more now that he's, uh, now that he's on campus. So that, that's an really interesting group. And like you said, you can see a clear vision from Jeremy Garrett saying, I know I don't have a Marcus Harris. Like I got a ton of young guys. I might have these returning guys. I'm going to get a couple of <laughs> transfers. I'm going to play everybody and just kind of well, see and, the sticks. And look at the, the emphasis I mean, you know, I've said we remembered years, and and it was mostly on offense, but there were years on the defensive line where it was pretty thin too. That is not going to be the case um, with this staff and under Jeremy Garrett. I mean, this thing they already have three or four defensive linemen committed in next year's class, big physical guys. When you think about Malik Altry at Opelika, Jordan Crawford at Parker, then Antonio Coleman from Sarahland, you have three legit interior defensive linemen committed already in 2025, and so. You start thinking about those guys and thinking about what you signed this year with a guy that you, you mentioned, Amaris Williams. You know, he checked in a little over 6'2, but he was around 260 pounds. But if you saw him from 50 yards away, you'd think he's a linebacker because he just has that physique and frame. He's going to play at 285, 290 and be an explosive athlete. You know, you look at right now, Malik Lockman's already about 285 pounds. TJ Lindsay's like 285. These are big guys but they're big guys that can move and they're athletic. And that's the next step is to get those types of players on the interior, on a defensive line. And so um, they've done a good job of, of trying to get to that level uh, here in, was it just uh, 13 months or so? Yeah, so a few more transfers they'll be looking out for. Um, Tommy Wadurojaye uh, came over from West Virginia and took a visit. He is Florida State's top pass rusher on their board too. That was a guy like, Auburn maybe hopes they struck gold with because he ended up being a guy that a lot of power programs were looking at um, sort of a guy who would also play that defensive end role. We'll see uh, probably Auburn or Florida state for him. We mentioned Isaiah rakes. That's a him and him and Carter, just very similar players. I think rakes is more of a nose tackle, um, but a guy who played at Texas A&M played plenty on a excellent defensive line. Um, he visited USC after Auburn, so probably between, Auburn and USC. Um, and then there was a wide receiver who was on campus, Jason, who's a really, really good player, uh, CJ Daniels from Liberty. You know, when he when he got there, it was a long line of hugs and greetings because he knows so many people mm-hmm. on this staff. He went from Auburn, he then went to Florida, um, then he went to Texas. So those were his three visits. We shall see. Um, that that also leads me a little bit, Jason. I just want to touch on this for a second. Um, about the quarterback question everybody's got it. And Caden Salter was a guy that everyone, you know, put it point, pointed their finger at immediately once he was expected to enter the transfer portal. Um, we have reported that Auburn did have significant interest in Salter. 
it was just kind of a crazy, you know, sort of 48 hours after he ended entered the portal, he decided to come back to Liberty. Um, and so now you're in a position where, look, you and I have talked about it. There is no question that the, we're just going to ride it out. We are not interested in going after a transfer quarterback. That's, that's, they're not doing that. They, they are, they are interested in transfer quarterbacks. Now that's not to say if they don't end up with one, they're not comfortable doing what the original plan is. They may, and they may be in a position where if they don't get one here, they saw what happened with a post-spring guy last year in in Peyton Thorne that's like, hey, that's not enough time to get in the offense. You might think Thorne is more valuable than that. I, I think right now, Jason, they are keeping their eyes open and they are keeping their options open. I don't know if there's anybody particular. Salter may have been that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone in particular they are they are head over heels for at the moment. I think I think if, as it pertains to the quarterback spot, though Auburn is Auburn is keeping its options open as we uh, as we get set for the players to return to class. Yeah, I, I think it. You know, and, and we talked about it from the get go. Even when that was said, we kind of kept saying, "Look, but there's always if the right guy shows up, you, you got to go try to improve yourself." And I think that was always on the back burner. Um, I think that that has changed to, hey, let's go see if we can find the guy instead of, well, if a guy falls in our lap, I think it's different now. You mentioned Caden Salter. It feels very much like the exact situation a year ago with Coastal Carolina. feels very similar to a guy that said, hey, I'd like to go out here. And then when you do that, you realize maybe I'm not going to be able to do that um, for one reason or another. Um you know, maybe the, maybe the transfer credits weren't enough, and you go, hey, let's let's just. I've got a good situation. I'm gonna stay there. That happened last year. Um, the guy that <clears throat> I now wonder about because it's been so very quiet, and I thought it was gonna be done right away, is Talia Tugavaloa. That's the one I thought was eh, that's a surefire. He's going to Miami where his brother is. Everybody can be together. And Miami takes a transfer quarterback yesterday from Albany to go. Can they still take two? Absolutely. Does it feel like that would happen? I don't know. Um, Talia is a guy that would, would be really interesting if you were to to do that. Um, but I haven't heard anything about it. But these are things that are very different. The transfer world is not recruiting. Uh, you mentioned it is it is business. Like we saw it last year with Avery Jones. Avery Jones was, was on campus three hours after Auburn talked to him for the first time, signed before he left, and was Auburn's starting center. It could happen that quick. Is there something going on? I have no idea. Would I be surprised? No, not really. Um, because there's an opportunity for sure uh, for somebody to come in. But, you know, you, when you talk about quarterbacks, I, I believe that Auburn feels much, much better about the future of its quarterback position um, as we stand today than it did a month ago today. After seeing what Hank Brown did, then after watching Walker White and hearing the reports from him from San Antonio, I think they feel much better about the future of the quarterback position. Um, and they already felt good, but I think it's reinforcement of, hey, we got some guys that can compete. But do you want to go out and try to find another guy to compete right now in 2024? I think I think you would like to have it. But, again, I think it has to be the right guy. I don't think they're just going to go, well, we got to go find somebody. I don't think they're there. I think they want to go find somebody and it, it has to be the right somebody. Yeah. I, you know, going back to what Freeze said about when they opened bowl practice, he said, well, you don't want to scare somebody like, like a, like a Peyton Thorne and 
Holden Garner, you don't want to scare him off, you know, or, or like a young guy. I mean, I don't think that would be the case for like a Walker White, but you don't want that obviously at all because he's the future of your of your room. I think that that mindset, I think, is just altered a little bit in the sense of, hey, we just want to make sure this room's better. We just want to make sure this room has improved because even like we talked about while well, you're doing the thought experiments with a guy like a Caden Salter, when that was the buzz, mm-hmm. you're saying, and I, it's like, I, could he, would he win the job? Probably, but who's to say Peyton Thorne wouldn't get better right. over the course of the offseason in the offense and go well, win the job? But you can at least say you wanted us to make the room better, and we did. And so, I mean, it like you said, it could happen like that. There was the Cam Ward thing that was happened over the course of about 90 minutes like that yeah, <laughs> Auburn like had interest it. and then it you know and then he went to the he just tweeted out that he was going to the NFL draft like that kind of thing and maybe there's some alternate reality where he just came to Auburn right then like there is that kind know. of thing can definitely happen and I think Auburn's keeping their options open for things like well, that right and, now and here's the other part of it too uh, you, you can't you can't worry about next year or the year after it, it, and because it, I, I, I mentioned this on Monday when 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 thinking about young guys, because we talked about like like, you know, we talked about earlier with the, the roster to hide Pettiford and trying to plan for you can't plan for a fifth year guy. Going, hey, we're going to redshirt you and then you're going to develop and then you're going to be here. And when, you know, and you drive yourself crazy years to play, that doesn't happen anymore. Harvey, you know, you'll have a couple of guys that will still do it and they'll be good and they're fine um, for the most part right now. Um you better worry about today. And that's just the way it is. You can't worry about tomorrow. You better worry about today. And I think for our perspective, I think they've done a pretty good job of trying to do those things while still keeping an eye on the future. You know, that look, you still have to continue to develop and build and, and think about those things, but you also have to go, you know what we got to do? We got to go try to find somebody to compete to, to, and we saw it last year at Ole Miss, you know, they had a starting quarterback back and, and they went out and grabbed, two transfers and a freshman and said, okay, here you go. Go win it again. Made him better. And he did. And he was better. Yeah. Competition made him better. So we'll see if that, if, if there's somebody that in the next eight days can get in uh, before spring practice, wouldn't be shocked. And I wouldn't be shocked if it happens and Auburn just goes, boom, Hey, this guy signed and, and okay. You're left scrambling. Cause I think it could be that quiet. Yeah. And we'll see here how much more they do in the portal. You mentioned Percy Lewis, um, he's a guy that's between uh, between Auburn and between Auburn and Arkansas. Visited Arkansas and then Auburn. And he's, he's going to visit up. Tennessee. He's visiting Tennessee now. He is okay. Yes, he's visiting Tennessee this weekend, I think. So now that one will carry over and see what happens. It not a great when you think about it from an all respect. Not great that there's still another visit in the works. Yeah, yeah. Talking about positions that they're still looking at. Um, offensive line is definitely. One of them, they don't need to make a bunch of splashes here before the spring from a transfer perspective, because I think, you know, from, I mean, quarterback maybe, but if, if you end up doing that, if it ends up being the right thing, but they're not in a position where it would be too bad if like if you backfill after the spring, you look like a veteran defensive back and you, and you feel like you need that guy um, or another defensive lineman after the spring that's played a lot of football and you just get him in here. They're not, and we, again, and I, and I we're beating a dead horse with the offensive line thing, but they're not scrambling. They're not. They would like these guys, and they have. They would be the first to say they have missed on a couple of these guys. And Free said it has been frustrating. And if they don't get Percy Lewis, like Jake Thornton loves Percy Lewis, thinks he could be a starting tackle next year, that would be really frustrating. 
same time, you got plenty of guys. Uh, Dylan Wade confirmed yesterday he's coming back. Another example of a guy who's just it should be coming back, but you now that with the world it is and in college yeah. you have to say it. You have to go out and say that you're going to be back. Um, but they they handled this last year. They made yeah. sure the offensive line was not yeah. The, the scrambling back. happened this time a year ago. Correct. Yeah, Correct. they've already done the scramble drill on the offensive line, and so yeah. Um, yeah if you could add a guy like that, Nathan, no question, it makes you a better football team. You know, can Tyler Johnson develop? Can too tall take the next step? You think about you got some potential, the guys at offensive tackle, but you don't have five or six of those guys. That's what you'd like. That's in a perfect world. You'd like to have, hey, we got five or six, five or six of those guys that we feel good about at tackle. And if they don't, then you can slide one inside the guard and you got five or six more there. And then you have four centers and a, and a guard that can slide. You start, can you get that number to 14, 15? Yeah, right now Auburn feels good about probably 10, which is about seven more than they felt good about when they got here last year. And so you've done a good job of getting there, but there's still a long way to go because that's that's part of life on the offensive line and, and how important it is. Yeah, I mean, they may end up getting a transfer and then they have all returning guys start. Uh, you, you could be in that position. You know, Wilfred from the JUCO level, like they think he could be a guy who could – Contend at tackle. Um, we got a little bit of validation too on our Tyler Johnson hype from uh, from Percy Lewis. He didn't name him. He didn't name him, you know, by name. But he said, "Yeah, they've got a freshman tackle. They feel really good about, but they want to bridge the gap." And so we're like, "Thank you very much, <laughs> That's Mr. Tyler Johnson." Right there could be a could be a guy for the future. Um, Jason, I think we've I think we've about covered all our bases here. It's been a uh, it's been a crazy last couple weeks. Um, I think maybe some more staff clarity it'll it'll calm down um but i'm not necessarily saying i want it to calm down i mean y'all y'all yeah. have junior day this weekend um basketball as we record this right now i didn't want to get too into it because i think by the time most people listen they'll probably play texas A&M. but as of right now they're one and know in the sec just beat the tar out of arkansas um and they've got another nemesis tonight yeah. that would be you'd get off the schneid two times in a row to open up sec play because five it's crazy jason five of the last six They've lost to AM. That's crazy for any SEC team in the Bruce Pearl era. And they've won three on Auburn's home floor over the past five years. So this is not this is not an easy out by any means. But um, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, AuburnUndercover.com, as I understand it, still 60% off. We uh, we we threw that thing back up when when there was like 12 pieces of news in one day. We were like, yeah, might as well. <laughs> why don't y'all why don't y'all jump on, on here? So uh, so if you guys aren't a subscriber to the site, it's been crazy but it's been really really fun and we haven't even mentioned jason maybe we'll get on a podcast soon and talk about um y'all's impressions of this class before as they get enrolled um because you and christian were out in san antonio covering the uh the all-american game and getting to know auburn signees a little bit better before they before they come on campus and so uh it's been great it's been a lot of fun auburnundercover.com we would appreciate it if you guys go uh go check us out and if you want to join us like i said 60 percent off for the entire year um, it's a great deal. If you guys enjoyed the show today, please leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. Follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. For Jason Caldwell, I am Nathan King. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon.